Hi, everyone. Welcome to our fourth episode of Lunch and Learn with Lions. My name is Amanda Locke, and I am the 2020-2021 president for the Ryerson Campus Lions Club. And I've been a Lion for the past three years now. Um, and Lions Club International is home to over 1.4 million members who are dedicated to serving their communities and the world. Some of our leading global causes include diabetes, hunger, vision, childhood cancer, and the environment. Our motto is simple, which is we serve and we've been serving since 1917. I'll be facilitating today's Lunch and Learn discussion. And we started this initiative to highlight some of our amazing club members work and their stories across a 7-Eleven district in Ontario, Canada. So in today's session, we do have a special guest, Lion Ann Stevens. Please welcome Lion Ann. And if you can, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Lion Amanda. I'm Lion Ann Stevens, and I'm currently with the Western Lions Club. And I've been a lion for 21 years with perfect attendance since joining. Wow, that's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit more about your previous roles that you held um, and your current role in Lions Club? Certainly. Thank you. When I first uh, joined Lions, I was in London, Ontario at the time. And uh, the people, my sponsors that brought me into Lions, they were very... Um, good advocates of encouraging the new members to go to cabinet meetings, to go on club visitations. Um, and at the time they were pin traders. So they introduced me into pin trading and uh, going to different events, breakfast clubs uh, that were holding breakfast for pin trading and things like that. So I had a really good introduction into what Lions was all about at that time from these Lions. And uh, so I was with them and we had different events going on and I had been doing volunteer work for other things prior to that. And I was a bingo caller at the time as my second job. And I saw the Lions Club always out there and I went over to them one night and I said, can I come and help? And they said, sure. So <laughs> that's what started it. <laughs> bingo. Yeah, I was a bingo caller and I saw that club was the one that was always having fun out of all the different charities that I would see uh, in the different nights, they were always having fun. Mm -hmm. So I got involved with that. And then uh, my job, my full-time job at Bell got uh, cut. And so I ended up moving to Chatham. And so I transferred to Alliance Club there in Chatham. And that's where I became a zone chair and region chair. And I was also the youth exchange chair for four years and uh, conducted the, the camp there as well. And we had, we started with around, I think it was 15. And by the time we were done in the, in the four years, we were up to 22 kids from anywhere between 10 and 15 different countries. That's amazing. And that was so rewarding. And let me tell you, it's heart-wrenching because even though I was only with them for a week, mm -hmm. when I took them to the airport, I was bawling my eyes out, so were they. <laughs> And I'm still, I'm on, one of the reasons on Facebook is so I stay in touch with them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I just got a Christmas card actually from one of them now. So it was really <laughs> cool. He's, he's in Hong Kong mm -hmm. and he's actually come over twice now to see us. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. How do they decide um, if they, which camp that they want to go to? Are they assigned one? Uh, no, what happens is um, there is a listing of all the different youth camps that are available that you can attend and different camps have different criteria. They have different ages. And the one criteria for our camp in Canada was the fact that you had to speak English, mm -hmm. but we had people from Turkey and Israel, um, 
Finland, Denmark, as I said, Hong Kong, Brazil, Mexico, all these different, Switzerland, all these different countries. And uh, so they, that's where they wanted to come. And what we did was the way we ran the camp then is they would be with one host family for 10 days mm -hmm. and another host family to, for 10 days. And then we, they'd come to camp and our camp was actually camping. It was tents. Wow. <laughs> and it was quite an experience for a lot of these because most of them had never been camping. Mm -hmm. we, we camped out in Alliance uh, Park and we had a big building that we had our breakfast and things like that. And then each day we would go to different Lions clubs and have dinners. They put on karaoke night for us. And then we did day trips going, taking them to Niagara, CN Tower, Canada's Wonderland. So it was all, it was a jam-packed week and so much friendship was gained in that time. And the main focus of youth exchange is to foster the spirit of understanding and youth among the world. And that's exactly what it does. And you look at these people, everybody, all these different countries, all these different religions, and you know what? It's not there. Everybody is there for the common purpose of making a difference. And it's so rewarding. That, that is really rewarding. And it, it must be so exciting to be a tour guide for a, a week or two and give them the true Canadian experience. And what's interesting is the host families, one girl, she had a host family that was right in London, Ontario. So mm -hmm. she had, you know, the modern facilities and all this kind of stuff. Her second host family was out in a farm. So <laughs> she had two different environments. So mm -hmm. it was, it, she, she couldn't get over it. And at first, the first couple of days, she's going, she's got all these animals and all these chickens and dogs. And she wasn't used to that from at home. <laughs> and after a couple of days, she finally came out of her room and discovered all this new stuff that she learned. Yeah. Being in a new environment and learning new things. And this is completely run by Lions Club. Yep. Wow. And then uh, we also have, you can also go to their clubs and their countries, their youth exchange as well, because there's all the different ones have them at different times. Obviously Australia, for example, they have theirs in our winter because it's their summer. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a matter of finding out where you would like to go and finding out what's involved and getting a club to sponsor you. Wow. And what's the age range to apply for this? Anywhere from 15 to 21. Wow. I'm just on the cusp. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing though. And so I guess, what was your first um, campers like when your first experience doing this? The first campers, um, most of them were pretty good. We had, we had one girl that she was from Israel and she came over and from the moment we took her to her host family, she wanted nothing to do with them. She was on the phone all the time, texting her boyfriend. And they arrived, she arrived on the Saturday. Sunday, the host family called and we said, we don't know what to do. She won't get out of the vehicle. She won't have anything to do because they were hosting two other kids as well. She wouldn't have anything to do with them. And so the Monday night we went and talked with her and we said, what do you want? I want to go home. I miss my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now keep in mind, she was 16. And I said, and how long have you been with your boyfriend? Three months. Oh. <laughs> and I said, you do realize you are now, you have taken a spot for somebody that really wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. And her parents had to pay for her fare to go home and pay for the change fee. And so she went home. Okay. But most of the kids were just really, really good. Mm -hmm. we, it was, uh, we had one guy and he was, 
he was always so tense. He was from Germany, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he was, he was always so, oh, just like wound up. And finally I said to him, I said, what? I, I pulled him aside and I said, is there something wrong? Like, what's the matter? Mm-hmm. Turns out he was a smoker. And nobody, of course, none of us were smoking mm-hmm. and he wanted, he was going through withdrawal. He wanted a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So Garrett was his name. So, yeah. So I said, okay, I, I had some, cause I was an occasional smoker at the time. And I said, you can have one of mine that will help you calm down. And then he was all right. <laughs> he was all right. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So you're involved with the youth exchange and as well as being a zone chair, a region chair, and you have a special interest with the CNIB. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, when I first became a lion the next year after I had met Lion Ed with the Chatham Lions, he told me about Lake Joe. So they always have a work weekend. So we went up there and uh, Lake Joe is up by Tier, which is just south of Perry Sound. Okay. It's about a half hour south of Perry Sound and it's on Lake Joseph. And what you do is you go up there and you basically prepare the camp for the clients when they're coming up there. And so we would go up there every year. And the first year I went up was 2001. 2002, the camp was closed because it was the old kind of buildings. If you look at old kinds of cottages, you know, they were just put on blocks, mm-hmm. like cinder blocks. Yeah. And the dining room had started to sag. So it was, oh, no. yeah, condemned. So it had to be rebuilt. So it was closed in 2002. And then we've been up there ever since uh, every year, except for last year, obviously, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you go up there, you rake leaves. It's got uh, a little mini golf for the visually impaired. There's a nature trail where somebody uh, had supplied PC pvc piping so it's all along so they've got this white piping so those that do have some vision excuse me can see it mm-hmm. and uh, they can go sailing they can go paddle boating they can go swimming and all of it is with special uh counselors that know how to handle them and make sure that they're safe but they also get to enjoy all of these events that they normally wouldn't be able to do for the summer for the summer yeah oh entirety of the summer that's that's so nice and have you had to do lions clubs get to help out during the summer or they just help out with the cleanup yeah if you can if you want to you we do have lions that go up there for a couple of weeks and help the counselors with the clients that are up there because they provide them their meals and they've got all new buildings up there now and so there's usually two campers in one room Mm -hmm. and they have their own washroom most of them do and so they go up there, they do crafts, they do singing, they've got guitars, they've got pianos, they've got all this kind of stuff. And it's somewhere where they can go and feel safe and enjoy a holiday, a safe holiday. Oh, that must be so nice for them. And we've been supporting them since 2014. Technically, uh, Lions uh, are, were instrumental. Lions bought the land it's on now back in 1961. And it was a, a joint effort between CNIB and the Lions. Mm-hmm. So we we got the loan and we paid for the land in the five years. And that's why the Lions is on there. But um, the CNIB own it. Wow. So it's been a joint effort. So, yeah. That's amazing. Um, speaking of joint efforts, um, I guess 
what is your plans for the district in terms of what kind of efforts you want to see coming in for this year? Some of the things I'd like to see is I find that there's been a disconnect between the members and the district. And I find part of that is communication. Part of the problem is, you know, our um, notices go out and they go out to the president, they go out to the secretary, but the presidents and secretaries tend to filter it thinking our members don't care about that. And maybe they don't, but there are some that do. And because of that, the members are not hearing about the training that's going on. And some of them don't even know that there's a district out there. Some of them don't know all the different projects that we have, like the Avery's Childhood Cancer mm -hmm. and things like that. They don't know that because it's not filtering down to them. So what I want to do is I want to be able to go out to try and visit each club and say to them on a one-to-one, -one, guys, why don't you go to convention if they don't go? Because a lot don't. And find out why they don't go. Is it because you think it's too expensive? Is it because you think it's just for, you know, cabinet? And talk to them and say, why don't you get involved in the district? Is it because you didn't know about the district? You didn't know what was involved in becoming in the district? Mm -hmm. So only by talking to them at their level can we start rebuilding it and then finding out that there's so many future leaders out there that we don't know about because they don't know what's available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we can encourage the people that we can see there's a leader there and say, come out to the cabinet, see what it's all about. And by doing that, and then gradually we can build the district that way from the ground up. Mm -hmm. From the ground up, indeed. I've, I think I sat at my first cabinet meeting early last year, didn't know the district really was very present and active in helping the Lions Club. Um, and even following up from the meeting afterwards, some of them had said, oh, you're a new face, you know, like, do you want to chat sometime? I can really help you with anything that you might need. I'm there to support you. There's that kind of support I didn't expect, um, but also there's don't limit yourself beyond your club. And I think that's what the district is trying to open up to and say there's so many different ways to get involved, like the CNIB, um, the youth exchange. There's so many ways to get involved that might not be available to you at your own club level, but will be available at the district level. That's correct. And, you know, and it's also sharing of ideas. So when you do, when you have the chats, you know, this club may say, well, um, like we just had Oakville Lions, they had a, an auction online and Facebook. Well, how did you do that? And other clubs think, gee, maybe that's something I can do. So you share ideas. It's all in communicating and sharing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and these meetings almost happen once a month or every, even bi-weekly, I would say, right? Like it can either be cabinet or individual region meetings, zone meetings, your own club meeting, there's a lot to go to. Um, and that's the thing, like it's up to you to also seek it, but know that the district is there to support you. Exactly, and you know, sometimes there are cases that, you know, somebody may say, oh, you know, they, maybe they're having a problem. Maybe there's a personality conflict because that can happen. But we have a, a, a district mediator that is specialized, she's trained in that. So, you know, rather than losing members, maybe there's something that we can do to help them to keep that member. And maybe it's just a case that that member is not a good fit for that club and maybe transfer to another club rather than losing them all together. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I guess in terms of your involvement with the district, um, what are some key things that you want to see besides communication? Uh, I wanna make sure that clubs are involved and that the message is out there. And something I had uh, been mentioning to uh, our first vice sister governor, Sandy, 
is that what I'd like to see the district do for future meetings, because obviously we will start going back to in-person meetings eventually. <laughs> and when we do, I'd like to see us get a microphone, some kind of a sound system so that people that can't make it to the cabinet meetings for various reasons, mm -hmm. that they can still hear what's going on. And you can't do it by just having a computer and a small mic because you can't hear. I've done meetings like that and you can't hear the detail. Mm -hmm. So if you have a microphone where whoever is talking speaks into the microphone and you have a speaker that's by the computer, then those that can't make it, they can still hear what's going on. So they're still being included. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important over Zoom, especially if someone accidentally leaves their microphone on while someone's speaking. There's a lot of distractions going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What sparked your interest in deciding that you wanted to step up and say, I want to see change? I had been saying when I was in my previous district that, you know, I my goal is to make a difference. That's that's my biggest thing is mm -hmm. I want to try and make a difference. And I've always had a philosophy that if you don't like to see the way something's being done, then step in the shoes and see if you can do anything different. Mm -hmm. And when I was worked for Bell Canada, um, there was a union there and I didn't like the way the union rep treated me. And so there was an election. So I thought, okay, we'll see. Maybe there's more to it and I don't know. Maybe I don't know why that person is doing that. So until you actually try it out yourself and find out, only then do you say, okay, and now I understand why she was like that. Or no, it doesn't have to be like that. This is the way it can be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think stepping into the leadership role, you'll have the opportunity to support others. You'll have the opportunity to see from a different perspective. Is there a change that you want to see? And I definitely exactly. see that. Yeah. So good. Um, but I guess in terms of the district and their meetings, um, has there been any new changes in the district that you really want to continue pushing for? Definitely the, the training needs to be there. Um, but as I say, until the members are hearing about the training, it's almost a moot point because what you find is a lot of the times the people that are coming to the training are the ones that have been there before. So you're almost preaching to the choir. You need the new people in there to know that, hey, this is what it's all about. But unfortunately you get some lions that have been around for a long time mm -hmm. and they're going, oh, you don't need to go to that. You, you don't need that. You already know, I've told you everything there is to know, but maybe there isn't, maybe. And I've always been a believer that, yeah, I know how to use Excel, for example, but every time I have an opportunity to, to take a, a Microsoft Excel course, I take it because each time I come up with a little something new that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And so you have to continually keep up to date and, and only then can you stay on top of things. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do at our CLC um, is to include more of our district members, include more of our cabinet members to come speak at our events. Because at first I thought, you know, when I was hosting our orientation for our last batch of new lions, um, you know, like, this is what I know. I think this is everything that I have on paper. You know, I, I think this should be it. And I tried my best to look on LCI, but I think it's also really good to have a expert speaker on on the panel just to speak about their own experiences. It really brings color. And also they didn't know that we had a uh, orientation slideshow already made at um, LCI available, but also they added more specific details such as like our Canadian history in terms of what we're actually doing at the local level. So that's what we're trying to do at RCLC, include a lot of our Lions members. And if you don't think that RCLC fits you, I'm pretty sure there's another club that does and we can definitely find one um, for you. 
But I guess in terms of the volunteering experience for students, what is there to offer? There is so much to offer because the the students at Ryerson and, and any of the uh, campuses, they've got all these fresh ideas. And those we need to tap into that. And because we've got old ideas for the most part, you know, until you get somebody that's a little bit younger and this is, well, gee, how about we do this? And you have different ways of looking at things, different ways of doing things, more modern ways of doing things like these. Mm -hmm. And the older lions, they don't know about that. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to until such time as you allow having some younger people come in. And I've always told lions clubs, if you're bringing in a young person, anyway, a new member, period, the best way to kill that member is say, oh, we've done that. We can't do that. It doesn't work. You can't do that. You've got to say, okay, you know what? We'll try it because you don't know. Maybe it will work this time because it's somebody from a different viewpoint. So you have to be open to new ideas. Mm -hmm. And what kind of um, new ideas has the Westin Club has been exploring during COVID? <laughs> the first biggest uh, idea is having Zoom meetings because <laughs> we actually, for the first uh, September, October, November, and December, we actually were, there was 10 of us, which is basically five families, all meeting in our president's garage. And then aside from the fact it was getting cold, <laughs> we also discovered that half of our members were being left out because of it. Mm -hmm. So um, now we're having Zoom meetings and it's working really well because one of our Lions members has moved up to Barry, another one has moved up to Jackson's Point. Mm -hmm. So now they don't have to travel an hour to come to the meeting and they're still a part of it. Mm -hmm. And our challenge for the Western Lions is we have two fundraisers in a year. We uh, volunteer with the Blue Jays. So, you know, when they have different bobbleheads and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we man the gates for the Blue Jays and we hand them out for them and they and in change make a donation to our club. Mm -hmm. So that's been our main fundraiser. Of course, we lost that last year and it mm -hmm. isn't coming back this year. <laughs> and I doubt very much of it will be back next year. Uh, and then we also have the Western Arena and we operate the snack bar. Well, we're running into issues there because, because of COVID, you couldn't have hockey teams, you couldn't have people watching the game. So we put the ice in the rink, but then very few people were using it. So we've had to take the ice out early, because it was costing us money. So we've lost money there too. So we have to start looking at ways of doing different things. Uh, we have been we did a when we did our Christmas thing, we, excuse me, we raised, uh, we collected food for the food bank. And uh, we've also made a donation to the food bank from the money that we do have from before. We're also um, helping out Toronto Couture. They're collecting the pill bottles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're, all of us are collecting them and we're centralizing them. And we still, uh, I've got uh, eyeglass collection in two different, three different places that I pick up when their boxes are full and they call me and I go and pick them up. Oh. There's still a lot going on. Um, there's yeah. still a lot of support around clubs too, and just readjusting and figuring out what works within the guidelines as well. Yeah, and Western Lions, because for over 25 years, they've been doing the Blue Jays and they've had the arena, and now they have to start looking at, gee, we're gonna have to find a different way to raise funds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, but you're doing, we're doing good. And as Lions Clubs, I've been seeing the COVID updates that we still raise, we're still raising money. We're raising lots of it to donate and give back. And if not, we're, we're finding out ways we can help out in person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of the, the sponsorship part, because I, I think a lot of the questions and of commentary from previous uh, of previous Lunch and Learn series revolved around membership and retention. But I think I wanted to bring, I guess, more of the positivity around sponsoring a new lion. Um, when was, I guess, what was the most memorable moment for you being sponsored and also sponsoring someone? My most memorable be being sponsored is that, as I said, they got me involved in all different things. They showed me what it was all about. And in the district I came from, it was called um, Governor's Achievement Award. And because it was District A1, it was a little pin with an A1 on it. And there was all kinds of things. There was attend a convention. There was attend a cabinet meeting. There was going on a club visitation and all different things like that. And as long as you had your secretary say that, yes, you did it. And the dates you did it, you qualified. So that was my first year as a lion. And you got to do all of that stuff. And I find that's lacking in this district. And I think we need to start doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There is uh, a contest, it's called the Proud Lion. And I put some literature out there about that a little while ago. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't think it's a case that it's filtering down people aren't, or they're just going like, what's a pin or what's a certificate? You know, mm -hmm. they, they don't understand the rationale why it's important to do this. Mm -hmm. But you're building the foundation for that member. Mm -hmm. Exactly. by doing that and yeah. uh it feels like a little scavenger hunt for our first years um and for our new lines actually we actually have i think almost three or four our first year students at ryerson who are lines members and they wanted to get involved in a student group and i saw the proud lines award that was being handed out i didn't know about it when i joined but when i saw it i said you guys have to try it out you know come to a district meeting go do these little things they add up and you'll get a different perspective of lions club yeah it's honestly very fun it is. And, and that way you get to talk to other people and you get to find out different opinions as well, rather than just one person's opinion. Mm -hmm. um, the other part about sponsoring a lion is uh, the one lion I'm most proud of is uh, Lion Mickey. She was visually impaired and she had down in A1, we support, it's called Leader Dogs of Rochester, Michigan. Same idea as the dog guide school in Oakville, mm -hmm. except they just deal basically with vision loss. Mm -hmm. And she had had a dog since she was 18, if I remember correctly. She started mm -hmm. losing her sight then. But she was someone that paved the way for so many because not only did she lose her sight, but she also got her university degree mm -hmm. where back then, and we're talking probably 70s maybe, it wasn't heard of. It's like the computers weren't really being used back, back then as much. And she managed to get her degree. And now she coaches people and she marks papers and that all on her computer. And so I met her and she came in and she was the first person I brought in as a lion. And she's still a lion to this day. Oh, is she still in the Westing or... Uh, no, she was, she was down in Chatham and uh, she transferred to the Windsor Lions Club, the club that made Lions International. <laughs> <laughs> it did indeed. Oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah. What do you think makes a good uh, qualifying sponsoring lion? Because I, I know not everyone is fit to be, an, to be a lion in a sense, but what do you think makes a good lion worth sponsoring? 
what I look for and the reason I don't have, I have brought in three members and some may say, you know, geez, in 21 years, that's all you brought in. Uh, but I look for people similar to myself, somebody, <laughs> which I know, okay, sometimes that's a little hard to find, but, <laughs> but I look for people that are willing to get out there. They're willing to do things and they're doing it because they want to make a difference. Not because I've, oh, I've become a region chair or not because I'm a zone chair. It's because I'm doing it because I want to make a difference and I want to make a part, do a part in the community. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what's important. You've got to do it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. And I think the motivation makes them stay. And that's the important part. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in terms of the, the new lines as well, um, ha have you seen anyone that you helped mentor or do you see anyone in the Lions Club district that you saw as a mentor? See as a mentor, uh, Lion Wayne who is my campaign chair. Uh, he's been a great mentor. And in fact, when I first came to this district, Western Lions is where I wanted to go. Um, and that's where I was told was a good club to go to. However, at that time, I couldn't afford their dues because they used to have their dues and it included the meals. So I was working, volunteering a Blue Jays game. And this guy came up to me and I was told him I was looking for a club. And he says, well, come out to my club. So his club was all the way out in Brampton, but yeah. I was going out there and I, I joined their club until such time as Western Lions changed their dues. And then I <laughs> transferred to Western Lions. <laughs> so, and it's closer to me too. <laughs> how long of a drive is it for you? For Western Lions? Yeah. 15 minutes. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hearing about a lot of these meetings um, happening over meals or does that usually happen? And how do these clubs, I guess, set their own standard? Is there really a standard um, for how these meetings run or? It depends on what the club wants to do. We usually have a dinner meeting. Both, uh, we have two meetings a month. They meet the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. And they are usually dinner meetings. Um, obviously with pandemic, that's not happening. But um, ours are usually dinner meetings. But some clubs, they may only have one meeting and then they'll have a board meeting. Oh. And some clubs don't even have a dinner meeting. So <laughs> it just depends on what works for that club. I see. So it's something I had made a comment the other night is because um, somebody was asked, asked me the question, um, is it better to have new members in an existing club or to build new clubs? Mm. And I said, there is a purpose for new clubs but we should be building the existing clubs right now. Mm -hmm. But I said, we have to look at whether or not that person's going to be a fit for that club mm -hmm. because you don't want somebody coming into a club and they don't feel like they're fitting in there. And so what ends up happening is they leave and we lose that person altogether. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at compatibility with the clubs as well. And mm -hmm. By doing that, then you can build the clubs and everybody can be happy. Exactly. <laughs> I did want to touch back on the meals because I found that really interesting. How do you guys decide on what you want to order for the night? Who takes care of that? Uh, in our club, we usually have Lion Wayne and he says, okay, we, he puts it out to the members. What do you want to have for dinner at the next meeting? And we actually have a restaurant that usually provides Chinese food. And so usually one of our meetings is Chinese food. <laughs> And it comes in and it's hot, it's good, and it's filling, and we all love it. So nice. <laughs> and then we just kind of vary on different things. We've had um, subs. We've had Lion Ed has put on a um, 
Uh, Oktoberfest, yeah, a um, Dutch meal. Lion Yolanda, who is our president, who is also visually impaired, she's cooked an Italian dinner for us. So uh, yeah, it just kind of depends, and we we it's put out to everybody in the in the club. It's not just one person making the decision. Oh, that's so fun, and I think that's an interactive way to also discuss. Um, I guess at the end of the day, we are doing volunteering work, and it's just lighthearted and it's fun. We get to share a meal together, so I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, at RCLC, we used to host our meetings in the evening, um, just after 6 p.m., just because that was the best time when people, most people finish their classes. Um, now with it being virtual, I think most of us do prefer an earlier meeting, like sometimes in the lunchtime if we can, or the mid-afternoon. Um, so it is really flexible and, and it will depend. We make arrangements based on whether our members are available or not. That's the best. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanna start wrapping things up, um, but I guess any any final thoughts in terms of our district as a whole and how far we've come? Uh, we've come a long way. I mean, we are now leading in Canada as the, we've got the most number of members in Canada. We're number one. Hmm. And that's something to be really proud of. <laughs> and there are some districts, and this is something that, um, we were talking about briefly at our last cabinet meeting is they're going to start probably looking because we've got Lions International have a magic number 1250 so a district is supposed to have 1250 members or more hmm. and there's only three districts out of the I think it's 10 we're at now that have 1250 or more hmm. the rest of them are all below wow so it's not just us, it's everybody. It's not just Lions, it's all organizations are having a hard time keeping members and getting members. Mm -hmm. Because for younger people, if they're married, if they've got kids, they're working, they've got their kids involved in different things, they're busy. Mm -hmm. And so for them, it's like, oh yeah, I'll do that when I retire. <laughs> we want you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to see how our district is coming up. And the biggest thing I find with this district is there's so much diversity in this district. Mm -hmm. The one I came from is, well, it's smaller communities start with. Mm -hmm. So you don't have anywhere near as many ethnicities. You don't have as near as many different kinds of people. So that's really kind of cool about this district is that it's very diverse. Mm -hmm. And um, that is what makes this district so unique. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I think you see a lot of representation and you see people all across Ontario, even across the GTA. Um, we all work towards this common cause, but we all come from different backgrounds with different perspectives. And I think that's what makes you Lions Club really unique, especially in our district. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are some clubs that their main goal is not so much to support the community here in Toronto, but to support their community back home, hmm. which is perfectly fine because either way, they're helping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you're doing it here or whether or not you're doing it in Trinidad, Tobago or wherever, then, which I'm sorry, I'll, I'll go for a volunteer trip to Trinidad. But, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't matter. We're all making a difference and we're all mm -hmm. helping. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we are an international organization. So there are Lions Clubs out there that will actually use your funds as well to help with the local support. Um, there's and regardless as well, a lot of Lions Club uh, are based off of different interests. So we have like 
the different um, occupations or even just by region or interest. So there's so many diverse lines club that are available for you. And uh, speaking back a little bit on what Anne had said about not having time, you the moment that you have time is right now. <laughs> That's the time that you have right now and make sure you can use it and leverage it especially for students, they say, you know, we don't have time. I'm like, it, that's true to some way, but if you really love what you're doing, you will make time. Exactly. And the thing with Lions Club is that, I've seen this with a lot of students and student groups, is they do one-off events to support a local charity. But with Lions Club, it's continuous, it's year round. And we have these long lasting relationships where you get to see the long-term effects. So I think being a part of a club whether or not you drop, um, drop in for like one or two events a year or how many you want to, you are able to contribute to a longer lasting impact rather than contribute to single one-off contributions that I guess other, I guess, activities you might be involved in. But with Lions Club, it's continuous and it's based on your own commitment, but you can find the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just a matter of wanting to find the time. Um, and one thing I'll throw in there for you is if you get the chance, once they go back to meeting in person, if you've heard of the USA Canada Forum, oh. let me tell you, it is the best spent money. If you want to learn um, USA Canada Forum, when it's in person, they usually have about 60 different sessions that are going on. And it's over two and a half days. And you have to pick basically 10 of those sessions that you want to attend. Oh my gosh. And so they've got everything from, you know, fundraising ideas and, and you're meeting people from all over the States and Canada and Puerto Rico. Hmm. And you get to meet these people and they're all different levels, but everybody's the same. And that's what I like about it. You know, there's none of this, oh, well, you're PDG this and you're PDG that. Everybody's a lion. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I like with it. So it's, if you ever, I think it's in Des Moines, Iowa this year, if they still hold it. Mm -hmm. And then I think next year or the year after it's in Calgary, Alberta. Wow. So yeah, every year, USA Canada Forum, it's there. They held their first virtual one this fall mm -hmm. and it was okay, but it just, it was something new they had, it was thrown together. So it just wasn't the same because when you finish a session, you can meet people, you go out for lunch with them, you go for dinner and drinks with them afterwards. So you get to meet all these people from all over the world and it's mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> There's something to definitely look forward to hopefully this year or if not early next year, the international opportunities and also just the opportunity to learn new things in a mm -hmm. different city and travel. Yeah, exactly. So. Amazing. Um, any last words in terms of what you want to say in terms of your campaign or this district or Western Lions Club? Uh, just, I guess that um, I'm looking for your support to vote for me, Lion Ann Stevens, the lion with a passion with purpose. That's my motto. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anne. I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, thanks again to Lion Ann. Um, this is our fourth Lunch and Learn session. Stay tuned for our next one and have a good evening, everyone. All right. Bye. Thank you so much, Amanda.